Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Here you go, Matt. Here you go, Danny. Afternoons on the score. Brazel is uh, listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Brazel. good morning. I listen to you guys all the time, and sometimes I work long hours, so I end up listening to the, the shows that come on after you guys. Mm-hmm. Parkinson and Spiegel and them. Hey, close enough. As long as you're listening, even if it's just because it's holdovers from uh, Mully and Haw or Bernstein and Holmes, we appreciate you hanging out with us. We will pick games against the spread against our children coming up in 40 minutes. Dan Wiederer in an hour. Caleb Williams is high school coach. Randy Trivers at 430. But uh, lines are full with people, how they're feeling about uh, the State of Bears conversation in this town. I think it's the biggest story. I think it's the most positive story. Uh Bedard's not playing. The Bulls are the nine seed with a guy who doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Who rolled his ankle last night. Cubs aren't doing anything right now. And uh, the White Sox have a stadium that might be here in a decade. So uh, everything's negative. The glass is always half empty. No, Rick, this he, is positive. He needs to surface. Where is Rick? Come talk and break bad. Come do it. Come do it here. Rick. Think we'd be his first choice? I don't know. We'd be on the list. It'd be on Shane. the list. Yeah. Uh, Grant in Columbus, Ohio. Grant, you're on the Parkinson Spiegel show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I Grant. wanted to wanted to uh, give a probably my favorite point on why we should keep Justin Fields, given this in particular draft, because I think it has a lot less to do with Caleb Williams and a lot more to do with another generational talent, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. If you can somehow trade down to the third pick with the Patriots, pair up Marvin Harrison Jr., get a massive haul, and build for the future, I just think that's that's a a much better alternative than having a maybe Patrick Mahomes in in Caleb Williams. I think you are overvaluing the difference between a truly great all-time wide receiver and a really good all-pro wide receiver that maybe you could find. And I would challenge you to look for that truly great wide receiver who won things without a quarterback of consequence in the NFL. It, well, I mean, I, I understand that completely. Um, but I think that, you know, if you talk about the best um, football players of all time, the consensus is normally a wide receiver in Jerry Rice. I mean, yeah, he was having passes thrown by Joe Montana there you go. and by Steve Young. But at the same time, I think that Justin Fields, I mean, I'm, I'm also from Columbus. I've seen almost every snap that Justin Fields has taken college and professional. And this coaching staff has done an abysmal job killing his confidence. If you give him two amazing weapons and DJ Moore and Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison Jr., I mean, we have someone who is who, in Justin Fields who I think can be a top 15 quarterback. 
and also and w- when you pair him with those two guys, that's a Super Bowl waiting to happen. I, and I and I just I think the hope of just of Caleb Williams isn't quite where it needs to be. Thanks for the call, Rich. I, I Grant. think uh, Grant. Sorry, Grant. Thank I, you. I, I think or Rich. Have you considered changing your name to Rich? Rich Grant. You sounded more like a Rich than a Grant. I'm not going to lie. I, I think he hit the crux of it right there. There are a lot of people who do believe that Justin could still eventually be a top 15 quarterback, and turning your back on good is counterintuitive to a lot of people because we haven't really had much good. And in general, like I agree that if you gave Justin Fields another year of uh, NFL development and Marvin Harrison Jr. and more stuff, he would be better next year than he was this year. I agree with that, and I agree that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be very, very good. But I would worry about needing a bunch of perfect pieces around your quarterback to build him up as opposed to the opportunity to draft a quarterback who builds the other guys up. Because drafting a receiver at three is incredibly high in terms of asset allocation for the positional value. That's just the best receivers in the NFL were not drafted that high. CeeDee Lamb was 17th. Justin Jefferson was 22nd. Jamar Chase top 10, right? Jamar Chase was, yeah, five or six, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's one. Yeah, I mean, Amari Cooper was four. Julio was six. Um, Kevin White was was, seven. Seven. Um, and lots. I mean, there's been busts. There, oh yeah, there've been, there've been. I mean, Charles Rogers was high up there and, and and was a bust. But I'm just saying, like, oh, good old Matt Millen. I'm taking another one. But like, I'm taking another one. Like C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, 69th pick. Nico Collins, 89th pick. You know, you don't. If you've got a special quarterback, they can elevate those other receivers. Mm-hmm. We saw that Darnell Mooney can't elevate Justin Fields. But in theory, a really special quarterback could elevate talents like Darnell Mooney. Texter says, I can live with passing on Caleb and him turning into an NFL quarterback. We've already lived with that, passing on Mahomes. What would be tougher to swallow would be having the next great quarterback already at Hallis Hall and Fields and trading him away. I don't agree with that, that that would be harder to swallow if Fields goes on and is It would depend really what would happen with, with Caleb. Like, if Fields goes on and is a starter for 10 years and Caleb goes on and is a starter for 10 years and is, all, and is better than Fields, I'll be fine with it. If Fields goes on and is a starter and is good for 10 years and Caleb's a bust, I agree that will be very, very difficult. But I don't think you can operate, like, in a fear-based way. Like there's, of course, there's risk. There's risk in trading good to take mm-hmm. a swing at great. But I think the upside of great is just too good and too appetizing to pass up. So I, I personally wouldn't be able uh, to pass on it. It's uh, By the way, it's not easy to live with passing on Mahomes. I no. mean, dismissing that is something that's like, oh, we know how to live with that. Yeah, uncomfortable. <laughs> it sucks. Sadly. Uh, and especially, uh, the, but what is easier about that is you took your shot at quarterback and Mahomes wasn't the consensus guy. You go back and look at those draft boards, and th- there was nothing that was consensus about him. If you pass on the consensus number one overall pick, and then he ends up being as good as Mahomes, and you were like, no, yeah. I'll ride with middle of the pack, that'd be tough. Next to Jason and Wheaton, it says he wants to debate Danny. Oh, step into the ring, Jason. Hey, guys, how you doing? We're What's good, up, man. Car- carve out some real estate, sir. What's up, buddy? So here, so here, I think your approach on how we assess the Bears' moves is, is right. You mentioned the Bears are in a very sweet spot, maybe ever in franchise history or of any other NF team, to build a dynasty 
based on the moves that they make, right? We're looking at this. There's basically four outcomes that they can make. One, they stay competitive no matter what move they make, which they damn well should be with the talent that they have, right, whether they keep the first pick or trade it. The other option is they build a dynasty with whatever moves they make in the next seven to ten years, which is what we want. Multiple Super Bowls in Chicago would be phenomenal. That's why the story is huge. The third option is they stay the 500 team that they are, which they better do because that's pretty easy. The fourth option is they mess up and they regress, which that is complete incompetence of the ownership. So I like the way you're looking at this. And to me, if you build a franchise where the quarterback can make the plays with great players around them, they're competitive, they keep winning. And they, like the San Francisco 49ers, can you imagine them having the first pick for next year and the first pick two years from now and they're going to the Super Bowl every year? So they got to be careful about what they're doing. I think Fields can make it. I think he can make the plays. Well, okay, but, so he, it, but he, he, he can make the plays. Uh, but San Francisco – with all the things that they had, traded, traded three first-round picks to try to get Trey Lance because they thought Trey Lance was special because they knew that well, eventually they, Christian McCaffrey would slow down and Trent Williams would uh, get old and George Kittle uh, would get old or hurt or lose some athleticism. And, you know, and like the quarterback is what, is what can point. keep you great for forever. Well, they believe in the system that they have, right? So I, I'm also all for that, too. you got to have the system yesterday. I can only think of that can fit in any system, Montana, Brady, and Elevate. Mahomes is struggling because his salary is so high, and cap, he's losing offensive linemen. He doesn't look like the Mahomes that we saw in his rookie contract his first year when he's surrounded by no, great I, 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 I disagree with I disagree. I, I mean, they, they, they look point, as – Okay. One more point to look at. The Bears are in this prime spot. They've got Hall of Fame coaches out there that they can grab. I want to build a dynasty in Chicago, right? Why not? You're never going to be in this position again, ever. So it would be so great if they just make the right move. And, of course, like I said, there's four outcomes. All right, 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 Jason, listen, we can't go through all four outcomes again with you, man. It'd be great to build a dynasty. I don't think that you build a dynasty by accepting your good quarterback who might develop enough to be great. There's a real basic difference. You just kind of threw it out there. I think Fields can make the plays. I don't, and a lot of people don't. And maybe someday he will, but it's not just about plays where the field is cut in half. It's not just about plays where he breaks the pocket and has shown an increasingly really good ability to improvise and throw or improvise and run that we knew he could do. It's about the stuff within the pocket. And I don't think he can make all those plays now. Maybe someday, but not yet. And if I'm still doubting at the end of year three, like a ton of other people are, then you take a shot at a guy who shows an ability to make more of those plays. I I agree with that. Um, Mahomes, you don't regret paying him. I mean, his cap hit last year was, what, $37 and he won the MVP and they won the Super Bowl. Uh, It jumps this year. And you could say he's struggling if you want. Uh, He had the best completion percentage year of his career. His wide receivers led the team in drops. He's got his team in the divisional round of the playoffs. He was 4,200 yards, 27 touchdowns, passer rating of 93. And and that's a down year uh, for him. So I don't... You you don't be a, you don't get afraid of paying greatness. And texts are saying well, they traded for McCaffrey after Trey Lance. No, that that part is true. My point is if you, the whole thing is like they they, they build still... the team around them. They still Kyle Shanahan, the system, the genius, the best roster, the best play caller, all that stuff. He still was like, you know what? 
Jimmy G, not good enough. I'm going to try to trade and find greatness with a rookie. Dare to be great. You've got a potentially great quarterback here at one, and they have done a nice job of building the team with more to come. You've got two picks in the top ten. You trade Justin, you might end up with a second rounder that you don't have right now that you could replace. I mean, and you've got, what, $60-plus million in cap room? This is your opportunity to build that dynasty. We just disagree with what is the right quarterback move to do it. Yeah, and by the way, the other thing is if you pass – if you pass on Caleb to go with Justin and you're wrong, mm. you're going to need to give up multiple assets to go up and get a quarterback because your team's going to be decent next year with Justin. Because, of course, it will be. They won seven games this year. They'll add to it. They'll be better next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that sets you back. Like, you gave up multiple assets to go up and get Mitch. Like yeah. You gave up multiple assets to go up and get Justin. This is use one asset for one player and upgrade at the most important position in team sports so look the the list of offensive coordinator candidates is to me something that needs more discussion in detail because that all relates to Caleb and getting the most out of him if that's what they're going to do I just wanted to point out that your guy Shane Waldron yeah has a connection to Caleb that I had not realized which is that he was one of the coaches at the pro style development camp for high school quarterbacks that is called QB Collective which is run by several Mike Shanahan or excuse me, Kyle Shanahan tree figures, including Kyle who's been there. McVeigh has been there. McDaniel's been there. Matt LaFleur has been there. And this quarterbacks coach that Caleb is working with is rich Scarangelo who coached under Kyle Shanahan. He's been a coach of this camp. And so as your guy, Shane Waldron in Seattle, the first interview so I, I don't think that that's happenstance that Shane Waldron has coached Caleb before at that camp and was the first interview request by the Bears. And I don't know that that has been publicized very much. It reminds me of Justin having been coached by our guy Trent Dilfer at the quarterback camp and how mm-hmm. instructive that was to Dilfer's ability to dissect Justin on this show and otherwise. So um, put that on the, uh, on, on, on the ledger for positives under Shane Waldron is that he's coached him before at the QB collective camp. Josh is on the Parkinson Spiegel show. What's up, Josh? You're on the score, man. I was just calling, you know, I think when you, when you argue against the trade, the pick and build around Justin logic, that that that's faulty logic in itself, because if you trade that pick and you have multiple first rounders for each of the next three years, you don't have to still build around Justin. You only are stuck with Justin, stuck, I'm using that in a poor way, for one year. Because in any of those years two, three, or four, with two first-rounders, if there's a generational talent, which almost every year somebody's labeled a generational talent, you could take your quarterback in year two, three, or four and still have added all those extra pieces while doing it. See, I I think that that is just – I don't agree with you. Like – some years, the number one pick won't be for sale because the team will be bad and they will take the quarterback. And it's and a fallacy that every year there's a generational pick. That is yeah, a fallacy. I mean, I remember being in Kansas City. When they, when they get- I, I agree there's not generational talent every year, but somebody labels somebody the, the can't-miss guy, it seems like, every year. It's, most years, I mean, the year that Mitch was drafted, Miles Garrett was the number one pick. The year the Chiefs got the number one pick, uh, there was no quarterback that was taken atop the draft at all. It was, it was three tackles and a defensive end uh, were the top four picks in the draft. And you don't want to be reaching for, 
ah, this guy's got a first-round grade, but we've got to overdraft him because we need a quarterback in that year. Uh, like, I just, I think, I agree. That, you know what I mean? Like, it, let's put it this way. If New England had the number one pick this year, you wouldn't be able to trade them for it. They would just take them because they need a quarterback. The only reason we're even talking about the Bears possibly trading the pick is because some people love Justin Fields so much. It's like when Jacksonville got the number one pick uh, and Trevor Lawrence was in the draft, no one said, well, let's call Jacksonville and see if we can get that pick from them. Everyone in the world knew they were going to take Trevor Lawrence. So, And last point, you don't know that the team that you would be trading with would work out as well as it did with Carolina. Weird teams win seven games all the time. So if you trade with New England, oh, you got their first-round pick next year. Surely they'll suck next year. Maybe Gerard Mayo's a good coach, and maybe they get good turnover luck, and maybe their quarterback, the Caleb Williams, is good, and they win seven or eight games, and you win nine or ten games, and now all of a sudden next year you've got the 13th and 19th pick in the draft. You couldn't move up to one or two trading the 13th and 19th pick in the draft. Like, there's just, there's no certainty that you'll ever be in this position in the near future again, Josh. Appreciate the call. That's man. a lot of really good points by you. I Thank got, you. I, I got to say, see what happens when somebody tries to carve out the real estate I, and you get to tussle the way you're I, dying I, to? I enjoy it. But, but yeah, no, and, and the thing is, like, and there they are reasonable have, arguments. Well, sure. Yeah. And, and I understand he speaks for a lot of people that, no, but if they get three ones, then they can go get a quarterback next year. And the point is that. This is the guy. Remember the thing we played from Rick Spielman, the former GM, who said that this guy, Caleb Williams, would be drafted ahead of Joe Burrow if they were prospects next to each other. He'd be drafted ahead of Andrew Luck if they were prospects right there next to each other. So it's not like any other year. And, oh, by the way, you're just sitting there at one and don't have to do any of those trades to move up. I think that that's a huge piece of it. Just one pick, one asset. Absolutely. It's not. You can hold on to number nine and use it for something else. Yeah. Or trade down. Or, tr- you know what I mean? Do do what it pa- package other things, whatever you need to do. Uh, John's on 90. He's on the score. What up, John? Um, just call. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Good, John. Um, just wanted to call in because I, I, I love you, Speaks. I've been listening to you since the Danny Mac days, and you keep repeating that uh, Fields doesn't have it and that we need to uh, draft. Williams and build around him. Now, first thing, what has Williams done? I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand the hype. Um, you have something that's proven in front of you that can still be worked on. Now, obviously, they need an offensive coordinator, but you can't tell me that Fields with a Marvin Harrison Jr. Is, isn't better than whatever Caleb Williams and whatever they pick at nine with a tackle. I, I can tell you that. Well, And I can tell you that since, it's, since you addressed me. Here's the Sorry. thing. Yeah, no, ahead. no, you're all good. You're all good. Yeah. I wasn't saying that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, it, it's if the... I, if you don't, you don't have to trust me breaking down tape on quarterbacks if you don't want to. But trust me when I say I am listening to and watching the people who you should trust when breaking down tape. And how many people who really know what they're talking about do you need to hear saying what they say about Fields? He's an eye thrower. He just doesn't quite see it. You know, things like that. Tons of very smart people are saying that. Even Chase Daniels says, who who wants to build around him, admits you're talking about somebody who might be able to be top 15 or somewhere between 20 and 25. And then go watch tape, like I said the other day, I have on uh, Caleb, and listen to people who break down quarterbacks and, and dissect quarterbacks, and we'll show you what's there. There is a difference 
in the skill set and what they see and how they work as quarterbacks. We'll do one more here. Uh, James on the north side is on the Parkinson Spiegel show. What up, James? Hey, guys. I think they're wrong. And, and this call is going to drive the Justin Bros nuts because I love Caleb Williams. I would trade Justin Fields in a heartbeat and, and pick Caleb Williams. But the question that's not being asked is, does Ryan Poles have the guts to keep the pick and take Caleb Williams? And I don't think he does. I think he'll do exactly what quintessentially describes the risk-averse Chicago Bears. He'll trade, he'll trade the pick and get three or four uh, draft choices for it. Here's the thing. You know, it's interesting. I keep hearing people talking about the Bears trading the number one overall pick when there's a generational talent available. Yet, I didn't hear anybody suggesting that the Blackhawks trade the number one pick when Connor Bedard was available. And look at the, from a PR standpoint, that has brought the Chicago Blackhawks back. Can you imagine if the Bears take, and I know this is going to drive the Justin Bros nuts, but can you imagine what, just from public relations, from a fan's interest standpoint, if it pulls, keeps the pick and takes Cable Williams? I mean, I, again, just from an advertising standpoint, the interest and the revenue that would be generated from that. Well, I mean, listen, the Bears and the NFL don't need a ton of advertising or interest. I mean, they're... They just did a game on Peacock that had 23 million people watch it. So they, they don't need that. I, I obviously agree that if the Bears have one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league, he's going to be one of the most popular players in the league. He'll sell some of the most jerseys and all that, just like Justin Fields had a top 10 selling jersey for a couple of years. So quarterback of the Bears, who's promising and exciting, is going to be a very popular player. It's not the same in hockey, obviously. Like Drafting Bedard was clearly the move because – that's just how it works. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That's just how it works. There are multiple lines in hockey and multiple <laughs> positions where Bedard could have played with another. If you have yeah. a great center, great yeah. young center, you'd still take him and have uh, two. But the actual the thing about that call that I thought was the most interesting was I think that it's riskier for polls to pass on drafting Caleb. Like he said, does he have the stones to draft Caleb? I think that it's riskier to pass on him than to draft him. It depends how interested you are or feel you need to be in short-term success because they might take a step backwards with Caleb next year. It's it's possible. They might. It's possible. They might not. (laughs) But they could probably be an eight, nine win team with Justin and added assets next year. Yeah. But I don't see why they can't be that with Caleb. And the expectations will be very high for him after what C.J. Stroud did this year in a lesser situation. So Caleb's going to be coming into a tough situation. He'll be coming into the Chicago media market that's desperate for a quarterback with a fan base that loved fields, with a locker room that loved fields. With a team that's not expected to be bad. Yeah, he's going to be coming in with a ton of pressure and a ton of expectations. But we'll talk to his high school coach about it in an hour. He's faced pressure and expectations his entire life to build for this moment. And if you're that dude, eh, it's not going to matter all that much. How are you going to feel if Poles passes on Caleb? How are you going to feel? I don't don't even want to go down that road right now. That's going to (laughs) be just a lot of egg on the face right here. That's going to be tough. (laughs) As gonna be that, that I don't be, know that that would be egg. That'd be egg because if he chooses to do something you disagree with, that's just him uh, choosing. Well, you, th- you think some people would just give you the egg no matter yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, just just wait for the next ninety days of shows. Well, it'll, I'll turn it into egg. Uh, <laughs> something crazy happened that is gonna. I would imagine no matter what type of sports fan you are, and this is not about Caleb Williams. We promise. Uh, 
It's going to leave you in your feels next on The Score. Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. We're having a little fun. Have you seen the new Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition? The cover model has the most lovely, enigmatic facial expression. Jared, I, I don't really want to talk about guy talk. Sad sports journalism news today, and there's been a lot of that recently. Sports Illustrated writers were informed that the whole team is being laid off. Man. Everybody. And they're going to lose their license, essentially, to be a sports magazine. Yep. Don't let that go away. So this is uh, about five years in the making. Private equity bought it, then gutted it, then hired AI writers, (laughs) then tried to siphon off a portion of it. And uh, now this is the next step. And so... There still is some debate on whether or not some version of it can reexist uh, in, in the future in a different form. But for the most part, uh, the Sports Illustrated that we've all known has been gone for a while, but the byline itself might disappear completely here in about 90 days. Obviously an iconic magazine that lasted for decades before I became aware and you became aware. And both of us are of an age where... The arrival weekly was an unbelievable highlight. Is the mail here yet? And Thursday was when I got it. Sometimes on a Wednesday would feel like a massive bonus. And Tuesday's sports news was never in it. It's like if the NBA finals ended on a Tuesday night, you had to wait for the next week for the wrap-up story. But my God, just the writing that was in there, the collection and assemblage of incredible feature writing and everything that, that I learned from it is just, it, it, it's, it's crazy, man. I, I had boxes and boxes that I moved from house to apartment to apartment until at one point I was like, yeah, I guess I don't need to do that anymore. And if your team won a title or was the biggest story in sports, it was... The anticipation of what the cover was going to look like, not for the commemorative issues, which were cool that they did for every team that went, but like, oh man, Michael Jordan's going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like, I remember Mm -hmm. the I'm back cover where he's wearing 45 and it's the shot, he's doing a fadeaway and it's against the Pacers. And it's like, oh my God, Michael Jordan's on the cover of Sports Illustrated again in a Bulls uniform. This Mm -hmm. is the greatest day of my life. That was the first one I ever bought. 1991, I believe, Jordan was named the Sportsman of the Year. And it had a hologram oh, photo yes. of Michael Jordan on the cover. And Absolutely. you would stay, stare at you wherever you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that was the first one I ever bought of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, he hated SI because they the baseball cover. bag it, Michael, with him whiffing on a pitch while at tough. Birmingham. Yeah. And he never spoke to them again. That was tough. As seeing that as an eleven year old or whatever, like that was tough to, yeah. to read. Like I was not used to that at that point. Something mm-hmm. bad about Michael Jordan on the cover of a magazine. Yeah. And he didn't like it either. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just whether it was Gary Smith, who might have been the best magazine writer I ever read, or our own Chicago's own Rick Tellender or Lee Montville or all those people who wrote. I mean, just an unbelievable collection. I mean, Rick Riley with the back cover. Yep. Uh, what was it? Greg, Greg Couch, uh, Frank DeFord. That was my guy. Yeah. Frank DeFord had just such incredible features, and I'll never forget because one time he wrote an article about Nolan Richardson in 40 Minutes of Hell at Arkansas, and he wrote it in the form of a play, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think I was in 10th grade, and I was a theater kid, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. You can combine things that you're interested in 
and do whatever the hell you want. Sure. You, you can write a play about Nolan Richardson, and that can show up in a magazine. And I was lucky to have a chance to tell him that in an interview one time. And like, a, But how that changed my whole idea of what creative output could be, you know? That's very cool. Did you, I, I remember when I would get the magazine, I would read the back, inside back first. Rick Riley's column. That was column. Riley's spot, yeah. Re- like read, read, read Rick, re- Rick Riley's column. It was the, you know, 800 words, 1,000 words, whatever it was, and it was just so sharp. Then you flip to the front, and you start going, oh, uh, this week's sign of the apocalypse. Yeah, that was within scorecard. I yeah, would devour yeah, scorecards. Yeah, it yeah. It absolutely incredible, man. And just like, like Tiger Woods, like, I mean, that was, you know, after MJ, he was my favorite athlete. This got me into golf. Just some of the all-time mm-hmm. great cover photos of Tiger Woods, and it was just like, it was a it was a moment in time when yeah. you when you got that thing. In the I'm, I'm surprised you're too young, right, Shane? Like, like, I'm no, 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 I'm not because I was nine, ten years old when I got a gifted subscription to Sports Illustrated for kids, and they would put out like the, the centerfold posters in in every magazine, right? So I had like a Gary Payton Supersonics poster in my bedroom. Like I had all these Sports Illustrated for kids. Yes. Yeah. And the moments perforate, the perforated in, in cards. my life at that time. You remember the perforated cards that you Yeah, could, of course. Yeah, rip yeah, out, yeah. yeah, that was the greatest. It's just I mean just all kinds of stuff, man. The McDonald's All-American team, they would have like a, a pullout that was in the middle of the magazine every time the McDonald's All-American basketball team was named. I used to rip those out and save just all that kind of stuff. And the photography, man. Uh, oh, the best. I, I mean th- there's a, a great thing going around. It's just one of those days when like Twitter or X or whatever is like it's 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 cool because like people are like somebody started the thread like share an SI cover that you'll never forget and I saw Kevin Fishbane share the Darnell Autry Northwestern cover right yep. saw our guy Chase Daniel share himself on the cover with right? yeah, that's sweet, pretty sweet ass flex man. also why was Chase Daniel on the cover because, of Sports because his Missouri that team Mizzou was team. the truth man him From and Jeremy Macklin Jeremy Macklin that offense you know who was on that team US 99's Austin Huff. Was he there really? you go. That's yeah. cool. Walk-on running back. Defensive coordinator was Matt Eberflus. Yeah. Uh, yeah for was. G- Gary Pinkle, I believe, was the head coach. Yep, right? they got screwed out of the Orange Bowl. Yeah. By also, real quick, I, I know I just called Gary Payton a centerfold. I did not mean that, uh, nah, Playboy, nah, and nah, the, nah, the fans nah, of that magazine. Nah, 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 I did not mean nah, nah. that Gary Payton was a centerfold. Okay. He did not post nude. I did not have a Gary Payton nude poster <laughs> in my bedroom. I good sh- clarification. It's, it's good clarification. I, I, sh- I had no problem with <laughs> Gary Payton. I had a lot of other things on my mind. <laughs> Gary Payton, we talked to him, remember? Oh yeah, and because About the and, uh, NBA Jam, because he had a, he's got a, a couple NBA Jam machines in his garage. He's got a cu- he's got one of the custom NBA Jam machines that you could play with Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's like one of the like there's like three in the world or something like that, and Gary Payton has one. Of yeah, them. Payton's got one. It's pretty sweet. Pretty pretty pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty so, uh, freaking awesome. Another great. Those cover. machines are not as good as you think they might be. Like I bought one from Costco during COVID, and I sold it. Oh, really? The NBA I, had Jam a, I, I had the, the golf one and NBA Jam, and I sold them both. I think, though, that the ones that they, they, they made them so cheap, right, you could get it for a few hundred bucks. It was like 400 bucks for each of them. Yeah. yeah. But the, I think the ones back in the day at the arcades were significantly more expensive than that, I think. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, these were the size of the ones that are at Replay in Lincoln Park. I just, like, these were legit I, machines. I just remember playing legit it and machine. really feeling it like I was heating up, you know? I really felt like I was heating up. Sometimes I'd feel like I was even on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they told us, when our guy Tim Kitzrow told us. Tim Kitzrow, yeah. That's the guy. Friend of the show. Are you a local business owner or employee? How would you like to have your commercial air during Super Bowl 58 right here on The Score? This is your chance. We've launched a new contest called 
Score Big for Your Business, where you can enter to win a 30-second Super Bowl commercial on the Score's broadcast of Super Bowl 58 from Westwood One. Log on to 670thescore.com slash contest to enter now and learn more details. Today is the last day to enter. Uh, you really should take advantage of that. I mean, it's a free commercial for your local business during the Super Bowl, which does huge numbers on television, but also does massive numbers on radio. So that's pretty cool that the score's offering that up. 670thescore.com slash contests to get involved. Texture's so right. The third to fifth pages of the magazine were always full-page photos, like the very yes. best yes. sports photos. And talk about stuff you could tear out and then put on your wall. I said draw all the time. Like, that was like, oh. if I was really into art as a kid, I would always draw, like, the best photos of Jordan or Frank Thomas or Pippen or whoever. Oh, man. They would choose the absolute best stuff right there. And I'd like to applaud us as a people for not even bothering to name the swimsuit issue. You know, we didn't even need it. That's how how legit we were as sports fans. I enjoyed the swimsuit issue. I I never paid attention to it. You never paid attention to it? Not myself. Okay, no, I I did. It was good. They did did good work. It's possible that Elle McPherson changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's possible. Possible that I thought this Tyra Banks, I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to summer camp. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to take I'm going to just take this with me. That's all I need for a month at sleepaway camp. I was so happy. What were you What were you doing? I just just reading material for the bus. Oh 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 for the bus. Yeah, for the bus. Okay, that's all it was. It's pretty bold to do that on the bus. <laughs> no, yeah, just, if you ask me, just reading. That's what I mean. Not a lot of people read on the bus. <laughs> I know, motion sickness. Need to read. Dan Wiederer at 4 o'clock. Caleb Williams' high school coach, Randy Trivers, at 4.30. He's still in touch with them. And, yes, we know it will likely be overwhelmingly positive, but we're going to try to make it worthwhile uh, positively and see stuff that he would admit that he needs to work on. That's at 4.30. But we pick games against the spread against our children. Next on The Score. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's time for Parkins versus Parkins versus Spiegel versus Spiegel. It's something. It's it's a newer type of uh, situation. And I'm confused. All I right, just, I've been hearing it like I feel like just this year. All right, I'm going to so, tell you the segment where Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel pick NFL games against not only each other but their own family. Oh no! You want to tell people about your extra incentive? I've been bribed with Pokemon cards. <laughs> And that's just how it is. But I'm still doing it. So here I am. Because you're trying this year, right? Yeah. Hey, what did you tell me this morning when you woke up? Butt monster. Just fathers and sons bonding over gambling on football. Where's my money, Dad? I left it in there. What? How could you do that, Dad? It was my money. That's bad money. I don't want you to have that money. Parkins versus Parkins versus Spiegel versus Spiegel on the Parkins and Spiegel Show on 670 The Score. Absolutely massive weekend in the NFL for many. Their favorite weekend in the NFL. Two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. In order to play this weekend, you either had to get a bye or win a playoff game. No losers this weekend, man. No lucky teams. So, my first pick is I will lay a big number with the Niners. Niners minus nine and a half against Green Bay. Wow. I think people forgot just how bad Green Bay's defense is. They gave up 30 to Carolina. Dallas laid an egg. The Niners at home are rested and healthy and will not. The Jordan Niners, Love, though, dude. I know. He sucked. No, he doesn't suck. But the Niners. He's glorious. The Niners will cover that number. They will win by double digits. San Francisco minus nine and a half. 
Uh, Owen, you're yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Sorry. Owen Parkins versus Parkins. I, yeah, no, I get it. Uh, Owen Parkins, your first pick, sir. Hey, how old are you? Four years old. Is it your birthday week? Yep. What are you sitting in right now? A car. Who got you this car? Baba Dada. That's right. Do you know who built this car for you? <laughs> who? Kind of daddy. What? Kind of, kind of daddy. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Do you, do you love your car? Yeah. Who's going to win? Chiefs or Bills, who's going to win? The Burps. The Burps? <laughs> the Chiefs or the Bills? The Bills. The Bills are going to win? Uh-oh, you know you're wearing a Chief shirt right now. Uh. All right, well, says the Bills. Bills minus two and a half for Owen. Who built the car, Owen? Some random man from Barrington, not daddy. (laughs) Kind of daddy. That's what he's going to start calling you from now on. Kind of daddy. Kind of daddy. You fed it to him. That's fine. My first pick in what I think will be the best game of the weekend. The Lions are going to win because of Jared Goff. But Baker Mayfield won't let the Bucks get blown out. They will cover the six and a half in a tight thriller. That's my first pick. Ruben Spiegel, pick number one. He's my dad, you know. Yeah. We can all agree. What? That I'm annoying? Yes. <laughs> on a level of one to ten, how annoyed are you with me? Ooh. I gotta say... 96. Ooh, that's even above. Out of a bajillion. (laughs) Oh. Not. (laughs) You haven't paid me Pokemon cards. This will be our sixth week. Without cards? All right, first pick, sir. Buccaneers plus six and a half in Detroit. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Because. Because the Buccaneers have been doing good for you, right? Yeah. I have uh, welched on Pokemon cards. I got to catch up. Yeah, you definitely. You stopped getting him Pokemon cards six weeks ago, you horrible father. Yeah, (laughs) it's not. uh, But he's still doing it. Didn't quit midseason, so props. I'll take the Chiefs plus two and a half in Buffalo. Got to believe it that I could see it. We've seen Buffalo do it in the regular season, not the postseason. Mahomes is an underdog against the spread is absolutely ridiculous. I would have preferred plus three, but that's not available anymore. So plus two and a half on the Chiefs. Owen, your second pick, sir. All right, next game. Packers or Niners? Niners. Ah. How come the Niners are going to win? They are. Hey, do you remember what we're doing this weekend for your birthday? What? Where are we going? And who are we going to see skate? We going to Disney on Ice? Yep. You excited? Yeah. Did, he, did he fall off the couch in the middle of that? See, what there's happened a, there's there? A, there's a lot going on, and my voice. I did this early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he was getting you some water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, it, 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 take him out for his birthday, kind of, Daddy. <laughs> rough Happy birthday, Daddy. Uh, 7.15 Happy birthday. in the morning, getting picks out of these kids. Thank you so much, kind of, Daddy. Uh, my second pick. In games against playoff teams this year, the Ravens went 7-2 and two with a combined score of 268 to 154. They're going to cover the nine and a half. It's a big number, but they're going to beat the bejesus out of the Texans. Now, for the second pick, uh, we have a guest uh, picker who will give us Ruben's picks because I accidentally deleted the rest of Ruben's picks. Oh, my God. So I went and I grabbed a different Spiegel to give us Ruben's picks. Christine is a Spiegel, so she will step in as a 
Not willingly. Not, not willingly. I know, but you're a substitute Spiegel. Okay. Substitute Spiegel, you ready to go? Packers and 49ers. He doesn't want to pick a winner. You remember why? He's picking the points or something. Yes, 50.5 is the total. And he's saying more or less? More. More points, that's what I'm picking. More points, Yeah. whatever that means. I do not, you should be able, you should have to pick a team. This doesn't even make sense, but okay. More points for that game. It's called the over. The over, I'm you, going over. You think people should have to pick a team? You should have to commit? Yes. I mean, this is still something though. No, I don't like it. Okay. She, she doesn't approve of the over. I respect that. She thinks you guys should pick a team, pick well, a lane. Well, the kid, because I, I don't present over-unders to Owen, but then I make over-unders all the time. Ruben, so we are playing slightly different games. Re Ruben didn't want to take the Packers or go against the Packers because so they won. So he went for the total. So he took the over. He's got the over on 50 and a half for his second pick. All right. Uh, again, not the best number of the week, but it's all right. I like the over of 49 and a half in Bucks and Lions. Lions defense susceptible. I don't think Baker will be intimidated by the spot. Uh, he's playing great. They've got a balance with Rashad White in the running game and obviously great wide receivers. I think that game is going to be like 30-27. So I'll take over 49 and a half Lions and Bucks. Owen, your final pick. All right, last pick, Mr. Four-year-olds. Who's going to win, Bucks or Lions? The Bucks are going to win. All right. Happy. Oh, you going to drive away? I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to drive. All right, see you later. I'm going to eat your phone. Don't eat my phone. Yeah. Someone should. I don't think All right, happy birthday, dude. I don't think Owen would eat actual daddy's phone, but kind of daddy's phone. That's open game. Bucks plus six and a half for mm. the four-year-old. Chiefs and Bills. Wait, so you guys were doing that inside, right? So the truck is inside or <laughs> what? Inside. Sweet horn, so though. We're just stacking days inside of the house with this truck. <laughs> yep. It's gonna need, it needs not just basement refinishing. It needs floor refinishing. Guys, you think I run my house? Hey, later in the five, we're going to talk about Marta's commentary on where the truck is and where it's not. So we'll save that for later. <laughs> no, please don't. The, uh, we are. The Chiefs and the Bills. The Chiefs just don't have enough, man. This is Josh Allen's moment to shine at home. The Bills are going to cover the two and a half and go to the AFC Championship game. Ruben's final pick as voiced by Christine. Kansas City versus Buffalo. Can I hope he picks Kansas City. He did pick Kansas City. Okay, Kansas City. Do you remember why? No. What did he say? You were there. I don't remember. Before I deleted it. He said, because Taylor Swift is rooting for them. Oh, right. Yeah, and he said I was a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty. He said you were a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty. You're a Swifty. In the past. In the past, I was. Yeah. Not currently. Okay. But I do like Kelsey, so I would pick for that. All I right. would pick, yeah, it's, Kelsey. It's not about you. <laughs> That's going to go over well. Several textures, no, <laughs> several textures pointing out that me owing Ruben Pokemon cards is reminiscent of me owing the listeners Justin Field songs yeah, from last year. Yeah, a lot of, a lot yeah, and of, then us lunch because you never did the songs. What? Oh, I gave you lunch at least once. At least hey. once. At least, at least once. once. Maybe twice. Uh, I like that this is maybe someone's first time here. LMFAO WTF is this? Yeah, if this is your first time ever hearing the segment, I could imagine you being kind of confused. Yeah, little confused. We've picked games against the spread against our children for a couple of years now on this show. Dan Wiederer before Caleb Williams is high school coach. Going to be a very football-y 4 o'clock hour. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes. Middays 10 a.m. till 2. Former Cardinals head coach 
Cliff Kingsbury, a senior offensive analyst and quarterbacks coach at USC, is expected. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.